coming to you live from BGM Pittsburgh. You're listening to the 3PL Premier League podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Kev and Josh. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about Liverpool's turnaround win over Spurs, Champions League and relegation battles. We'll do some fantasy talk, and we're going to give away another signed player card. But first, Kev... Where were you, man? We we missed you. Well, yeah, I, no. I, don't, I don't really want to say we missed you. Josh and I held it down Thanks. pretty well and had a good time. <laughs> but, I missed uh... you. I mean, it's no fun. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. If Liverpool is not doing well and you're not on the show, what's the point? It's like a tree falling <laughs> with no one around. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I have to say it was it was a good week to be gone because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't on the podcast last week, so whatever happened with Liverpool last week just didn't happen. You know, so this could it. actually be your fault. I mean, you're not on the podcast, <laughs> and Liverpool does badly. You, I mean, you're on the we've podcast, had a bad month, and Josh. Liverpool does well. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is all your fault. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, could be, <laughs> could be. Sorry, Liverpool. Sorry, Klopp. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, but yeah, no, I was I, I was away last week. Yeah, just doing stuff for job stuff job that's, stuff <laughs> like really this is uh, any more if i talk about it anymore it's just gonna bore everyone so i'm just gonna stop right now i still know what you do every time you tell me i glaze over and i'm just like okay 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 so do my parents <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was gonna say speaking of glazing over let's talk about the liverpool and spurs game <laughs> so yeah, Mike, oh, I, I feel like mike might just be a little bit salty this week because of this game a little bit you know so so this was this was a case where well, I guess let me just put it this way before you even dive in the fact that your reaction is that strong about it I mean I, wait it's like no question like you are a top you're a Spurs fan yeah like that through and through I think you flirted with it for a while but yes. I mean come on that was a gut reaction that yeah that it, it started about. with a Tinder hookup and then we were flirting for a while <laughs> and now we are like full blown dating yes yeah yes yeah. I I am a I am a Spurs fan now and this game was so frustrating so frustrating so. Spurs end up losing 2-0. Um, you know, the only consolation that I have is that I added Mane to my fantasy team going into this week. That was the only <laughs> thing that kept me from going off the deep end after this game was over. Um, but basically, it was two... I don't really see two defensive snafus. I mean, we all knew that Mane is is a key player for this team. And basically, he picked on Davies, who, who Spurs had out on that left side all game. And just made him look amateur hour. And, um, yeah, so I, I thought this was a great chance for Spurs to, after seeing how they play against other top teams, we knew that Liverpool was in a bit of a rut. And uh, I thought this was a, a great opportunity to really capitalize. I can't remember one significant chance that Spurs had on goal the whole game. Like, it was just... So, yeah. Son so, had one chance where where he broke through and Mignolet made a made a pretty decent save. But even there, yeah, I mean, it was. I, I think is Son left footed. I think he's left footed. Um, he was kind of on the left side of the net, and what you would really want is for him to shift that over on his right foot and then go across the net. But he kind of goes near posty, tries to go through Mignolet's legs, and he comes out and makes a good stop. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, chances were few and far between for for Spurs. So Kev, I guess. Go ahead. Like, what, what's what's different between, you know, this Liverpool team that beat Spurs and... Well, yeah, I mean, so I, I think if if you asked a lot of Liverpool fans going into this game, um, I mean, you know, everyone knows Liverpool has a very good record against, you know, the top six big teams. Which, hold we, on, we hold on. I'm going to stop you yeah. right there because I think that one of the biggest reasons why Chelsea is so far ahead this season 
is in large part thanks to Liverpool because Liverpool keeps beating the top six teams, but because Liverpool are not a or a, a top four team at this point themselves because they keep giving up points to everybody else. They're Sick just burn. coming in and like chopping the legs down of everybody else that is in Chelsea. That's so unfair <laughs> to say. It's all your fault. It's You're not not gonna win. You are the reason why my team isn't going to win this year. And it's not because you're going to yeah, win Chelsea this year. Chelsea just go at a cr- crazy pace. But yeah, it's Liverpool. It is. It's Liverpool. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm but, sorry. Uh, Continue. No, no. That's fine. But yeah, so I mean, going into the game, you know, we haven't lost a game to, to one of the big teams this year. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, we've had a terrible 2017. Um, we, I don't think... We, this was your yeah, first win of 2017. Right, exactly. Right. So it was weird. I, Josh is just my guess, I mean, so... <laughs> I'm just loving him because I don't have to say anything. I'm just like, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. What he said. I yeah. mean, like, Mike, I think... <laughs> Mike, I think you texted me before the game asking me, like, so, you know, how do you feel going? And I said, honestly, not great. I mean, because because of, you know, we were a quote-unquote wounded animal going into this game. But all of that kind of wrapped up. I mean, I think retrospectively, looking back at it, I, I don't envy Pochettino going into this game because a you know you're above liverpool in the standings b liverpool on a really bad rut but on the flip side there is a very clear well-written formula for how to beat liverpool and that's just to sit back put 10 guys behind the ball break quick capitalize on set pieces and we can't do anything about it so going into the game being a you know, quote unquote, better team than Liverpool, being what I think at the time Spurs were second in the table. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough pitch for Pochettino to make to go in that locker room and say, "Yeah, we're the second best team in, in the country. We're better than Liverpool, but you know what? Today we're going to park the bus and just sit back and absorb pressure and and let them take the game to us." Even though that's probably the right thing to do, that's a really tough sell to make. Um, and so, and then looking at how the game unfolded. I mean, honestly, the, the tactics really played right into our hands. I mean, Spurs notoriously like to play the high line. With Mane back in the lineup, you don't want to do that <laughs> against against Mane. Um, and and yeah, and and I, I thought we we were pretty good maintaining a fairly high line ourselves. Harry Kane is great. I think he's yeah he's pushing. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation with Costa and Aguero as far as best strikers in the league. I really like Kane. The one thing he doesn't have is pace. He's not going to run in behind you. And so playing a fairly high line, that can kind of, you know, show his weakness a bit. And I thought we did that really well. So as far as tactics were, con- were concerned, I-, I think Tottenham kind of played right into our hands. And, and yeah, we were able to capitalize on it. And honestly, yeah, I mean, going in at halftime 2-0... It could have been three, could have been four. Um, it was, yeah, we, we, Liverpool were a dominant team. But at the same time, it's, I mean, it all goes to nothing if we go and lose against Leicester or draw against Leicester, which, you know, looking back on the teams it's like Leicester. Happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there, like I said, there, there have been kind of murmurs of Liverpool fans almost kind of writing, writing this Tottenham game off before it even started. If if we beat Tottenham, great. It doesn't matter because it all ma- you know Leicester is the the game we really have to worry about. Even if we lose lose against Tottenham, fine. They're a top team, no big deal. We have to kind of turn the tables on these bad teams that we've been playing against and losing and not getting results, and that that's the big test against Leicester, uh, the the next game for us. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, I can't disagree with anything that you just said. You know, it was something where Tottenham insisted on trying to play the ball out of the back, and Liverpool just kept playing the high press, and they couldn't connect passes up to the midfield. Harry Kane kept dropping deeper and deeper. Ali and Eriksson, I mean, Eriksson was basically back sitting right in front of the defense, which is not what you want. It's... Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it, like to show the frustration, Kane got his first yellow card of the season. Like that's that's nuts. A that he's gone this long without getting a yellow card. B that it came in this game. You know what I mean? To just, just show you, he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm I've had enough of this. Players all over the pitch were doing that. Oh, I there mean, was. I, I thought there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of shots yeah. going on. I I wanted like look any other game. I'm all for Jordan Henderson, but this game I wanted to just knock the guy's teeth <laughs> out, man. He was just everywhere, and it was, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, and, and I think it also should be said. Um, I mean, Spurs are missing for Tongan and Danny Rose. Danny Rose, you know, what starting left back for England, probably yeah. one of the best left backs in the league right now. Yes. And Vertonghen's obviously a huge player for you guys. So, yeah. you know, we, we've we've dealt with that of missing two, three players in in key positions. And I mean, for, for Liverpool, one thing missing Mane, missing Coutinho, and and things like this. I mean, for how we play, that's really important. For Tottenham, I mean, you guys, you, you know, you, you've talked about it before when, when we talk about kind of building our own team and, and, and following teams we identify. They're a defensive team. They, they're kind of back line first, and then they go from there. And, and to have to miss two key players out of your back line, especially with, with a left back that would be guarding, you know, Mane, I mean, that's a tough ask. So. Yeah, Danny Rose has the pace to not only get back and I think stay with Mane, but also to be dangerous up top. And I think that when, once he was out, it, it was clear that Liverpool's game plan were, was to just pick on Davies. And and they did, I mean, to their credit, they did it with a lot of success. Mane was just able to run free through there and uh, create all sorts of havoc. And I think in a lot of ways that sort of pinned Kyle Walker back a little bit to try to, to just sort of shift things around. And that meant he couldn't get up in the attack. Yeah, and they're hurting without Rose. So... Yeah. But, okay. So, but let, let, I mean, like I've already said, it as a Liverpool fan, great. I mean, this result, um, it's great. I'm, I'm happy. But Leicester, I'm more worried about Leicester than I am. Excuse me about this about the Spurs game. So I'm not necessarily like, yeah, super optimistic for the rest of the season. As a Spurs fan, I mean, how are you? How does this kind of change things for you? I would imagine if you guys get the result here. You're very legitimately thinking, yeah, title race still on. I mean, do you think that's maybe out of, slightly out of reach now for Spurs? I mean, what are your ambitions? I mean, you know, how, how do the things kind of shake out for you? So we talked about this a little bit on last week's show. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you listened. Thanks, Kev. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was busy with work things. Yeah. Work, like, work <laughs> Thanks, things in a nine-hour I know that's car sarcasm, ride but both I'm not. ways where he wasn't listening to the podcast. I appreciate it, Kev. That's no, okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, we. So Josh and I were talking about how we felt that Chelsea sort of had this thing out of reach, um, and then of course they go and get a draw this week, and everything's all you know up in the air again. Um, I think yeah, if if Spurs win this game, I think it was the Men in Blazers that talked about the fact that like you can't call a league this early. There's still like what 13 games left. Like totally, yeah. It's it's and and they were using the example of this year's Super Bowl for you know that very reason. You play the game because you never know what's going to happen, good or bad. And so you know, I I felt confident that 
I, I texted you before the game. I said I, I could see Liverpool winning four to one. I could see them losing four to one. It, it all depended on which Liverpool team showed up. And I felt confident that if Spurs had won that game, they were the team that was going to keep pace with Chelsea. Now, dropping three points, you know, this sort of segues into our next topic here. Chelsea are now sitting at 60 because they only picked up one point, which we didn't really – I thought they were just going to, you know, run away with three points for the rest of the season and, and they were going to be a tough to chase. But dropping a point at least puts a little glimmer of hope for a lot of the other teams. Teams six through two are separated by four points. Like four. Wow. So, like, Everton is at seven and they are currently 11 points back. And even that is enough to get them into – the top four considering how tight everything else is now looking at, at Spurs' schedule you know we have Stoke this week <clears throat> uh Everton on March 5th and really that's the last oh no I'm sorry we also have Arsenal at the end of uh April um and Man U at the beginning of May so there's what one two three teams that are in that top seven that we still have to face otherwise I feel good about their chances of at least clinching a Champions League spot. I think especially if Danny Rose comes back and we, we solidify that defense up again, I'm feeling good. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think about the rest of that basically battle for second? City City leapt over everybody by winning today. They're on 52 points. But um, yeah, Liverpool is, is currently at fifth and they're only three points back from City at two. Kev, we talked about this last week. How do you how do you see the top four shaking out? Um, I mean, I mean it, it, the thing the thing that is a bit crazy. I mean, you know, so United, what they haven't like lost the past like 13, 14 games. I, they're on a crazy run, and they're still sixth. Exactly. Like that's just how crazy and tight everything is up there. I, I mean, how I expect the top four to shake out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it would not surprise me to, to to see City go on a run. I mean, you know, they have, you know, they got, yeah. Everyone seems to be clicking back there at City. I think the the important thing is they're they're winning they're winning more. I mean, this sounds trivial, but they're winning more games than they're drawing. It, it it's almost like if if it's one one on eighty five, they're not going to be like, all right, yeah, let's just take the point and get out of here. They're going to be like, no, we're gonna. We'll risk dropping three points and getting lost, so we can so we can get the W, and and, and I think it's probably been paying off for them. But it's it's too, I, I can't call it. So the only knock that I think against City is they still have um, they have a match against Man United that the date is still to be confirmed. But then mid March they'll basically play Liverpool, and right after that they'll play Arsenal, and right after that they'll play Chelsea. So, wow. like, that's where their medal is going to be tested. After that, it should be smooth sailing. But And they're still in Europe, I think, right? I mean, they're still in Champions League. And, yes. and that's going to start coming back into play as well. Yep. Yeah, I, the three teams from the Premier League that are in Champions League, I think, are Arsenal, City, and... I'm Leicester. Leicester. <laughs> Leicester, yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> which which sort of gets to our next point, Josh. You, uh, you tweeted out that... Uh, I might get my wish of having last year's champions get relegated. Um, that relegation battle continues to heat up. Do you, Josh? Do you think do you think that that they're, they're, they're going to get relegated? 
Um, I, I feel like it's more of a possibility than I did the week before. But there's also something to keep in mind here. So if you're Leicester and you're still in the Champions, uh, do you do you consider going all out in that and trying just to, to dominate or, you know, trying to make a, a huge run there? Or do you realize, like, hey, you have to focus back on the league play or you're going to get relegated? Like, what's more important to you? I feel like being staying in the Premier League is probably more important just because, you know, that's a whole other season of bringing big teams to your stadium, selling out, and, and having, like, a, you know, a more of a spotlight than the previous year. Um, so I feel like you have to try to stay in it. So if that's the case, yeah, you might see them completely just – kind of turn their back on champions because they the option is do that or get relegated it's so tough because you're right you know if you get relegated all of a sudden you're playing smaller teams you're bringing less money you're not getting the the tv revenue coming in to help support the team but at the same time do we foresee lester being in the champions league anytime in the future considering we're talking about them being relegated it's kind of like that it's your one shot. Yeah, and I mean, I I think they would be kicking themselves if say like you know we're gonna rest Mares for this Champions League game for the league game. I, I don't think. I don't, I don't know. know, man. I, I, I don't know. Like like the you know the complete heart of me says you know you, you have to go for the champions. You have to go for it. How awesome would it be if like somehow you you got all the way through there. And like you know, win the league one year, win champions, or you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah. make a huge run in there, and you're like, that was our that you know those two years were spectacular for us. But <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not practical as far as the longevity of your team and keeping you know the funding going and the you want to be a team that's always in the Premier League. I mean, you don't want to drop out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. Oh, I actually don't know like the rule book on this because what it's if you if you win the Champions League, that automatically guarantees you a spot in the Champions League next year. But like, what if they get relegated? So <laughs> like, what? I mean, they, they, that's one of the spots though, so they, they're in. Well, I know, but that would be like I don't I doubt that's probably ever happened that a Championship <laughs> side, you know, what I mean, from England is in the is in the Champions League. Anyway, um, I mean, I think it also I, I haven't looked at their schedule how their games fall might influence their decisions as well. So, for example, if they have a Hall City or a Crystal Palace or a Sunderland, the game after a Champions League game, maybe that's a tougher call to make because it's like, you know what, crap, we really, that's a game we have to win. Exactly. Whereas if it's, if it's Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, then you could be like, all right, look, like we're, we're not expecting, we can put out a starting, I mean, look, you can put a start, a strong starting 11 out of any team in the Premier League at any given week and not come up with three points. But there's an expectation where, you know, it's fine to not get three points against those big teams. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, that, that might come into, come into impact as well. I mean, one thing we do know for sure is they have to beat Liverpool next week because then you can say no, they don't. if, no, they if don't. Swansea <laughs> beats Leicester, and Leicester beats Liverpool. That means you guys are not quite as good as Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just doing the math there, and I feel like that's right. I feel like that's about where you guys fall, right? <laughs> so, so just looking at their schedule, okay? So their first Champions League game or the, of the next round, it looks like, is going to be the 22nd of February, so coming up against Sevilla. Uh, the 27th 
of February, so the following Monday. So it'll be Wednesday they play Champions League. The following Monday they play Liverpool. Um, and then they'll still have Arsenal. They'll play Arsenal on Saturday. And then the following Tuesday they'll play Sevilla again in March. And those are the only two games they've got guaranteed in the Champions League right now. Um, outside of, you know, Liverpool and Arsenal, they still have Everton and Spurs they're going to have to play. Um, That's a big enough break, though. City later, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think they really have to worry about resting their starters for that because that's a pretty big gap between the two games, Wednesday to Monday. That's that's decent. Yeah, I, I kind I of. I think the other thing is, go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say I kind of feel like it's a situation where you're danged if you do, you're danged if you don't. If you say, um, you know, we're not gonna focus on Champions League and so we're gonna focus on the league, and you still lose, yeah. like that's really Oof, bad. That's rough. So yeah. like I feel like you have to. Put everything you can in a Champions League and just hope that it plays out. And in, in, in the very real likelihood that you could bow out in this round of Champions League and go down. And and just two more very quick points. I think um, one, it's better to have your rut now than late with five, six games less, uh, left in the season. Lester obviously kind of having that now. Um the other thing is, I, I what I'm pretty sure the Leicester owners have already come out and said like any kind of rumors or suggestions that Claudio Ranieri is like gonna be fired. Like if, if the if, the, if there's like that's nonsense. Like mm-hmm. he's our guy, and I'm pretty sure like the fans share that as well. Like obviously they don't want to see Leicester in 17th in the table, but I think there's an understanding there, and they're not like. They're not pitchforks and, and torches. And so I, I think there's still probably a pretty, I wouldn't say positive atmosphere around the club, but it's it's certainly not doom and gloom, I, I would guess, over there. So that's all. I'm guessing good. everyone's still shell-shocked about winning the league last season. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. can't really, they're still like... still hungover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, they, they haven't actually showed up to games yet because they're, they're still laying in bed, you know. And, and the fact that they can travel to Sevilla, like, and watch their team play yeah. Sevilla. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so there's going to be a lot to watch for coming up here. Um, in terms of other news, just one other thing jumped out at me. Jumped out at me today. Uh, there was news that came out that Ross Barkley has delayed signing with Everton. Some are speculating that he might try to go to a bigger club. A, Josh, do you have a reaction on this? I have a thought, but I'm going to go ahead and let you go first. So you saw my reaction because you broke this news to me. I was at work today. I get home. I, I come onto the podcast. We started recording a little bit earlier than normal. And, you know, just, just chatting it up and looking at the rundown. And suddenly you, you drop this on me. And I just, like, my heart stops. I'm like, wait, what? Huh? But he's he's Everton's boy. Like, this is like the quintessential. This is Rooney all over again. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Uh, not quite like that because, you know. Uh, Ross Barkley's nowhere near as what Rooney was when he left, but still. I, I guess I guess that's my that's my reaction. Is is this a case of Ross Barkley trying to like wear big boy pants and he's not really qualified to wear them yet? Like we we've seen flashes of him being really good, but his consistency is not there. Like, do we think that one of these top six teams that are ahead of Everton right now are going to go try to splash a lot of cash? to bring in Ross Barkley realistically but splashing a lot of cash does not necessarily translate into spending more than what Everton's willing to spend I mean that doesn't necessarily mean that they're splashing a lot of cash they could just be splashing you know some cash and that that would work and there's something to be said like what happens if Ross Barkley 
gets onto a better team, has better people to train with, has better, you know, talent around him. Does he develop faster, better? And can he flourish that way where he hasn't been able to particularly do, you know, consistently well in Everton? So, I mean, there is a possibility that this could be good for him and there could be people out there wanting to spend the money on him because they see, you know, the diamond in the rough type of situation where like they, they know he can't be honed in with those skills. Um, and if that's the case, you know, power to him. I would hate to see him leave just because I do want to see him, you know, uh, develop that talent here and actually become that player for us. And then when he is up there on top, and you know, I understand why he leaves. That's what happens. Uh, but to see him leave before that time and just not quite be there yet, I, I want to see us get some of that, you know, the fruit of our labor with him first before he leaves. Josh, do you think – any of this has to do with Kuman and the kind of change in the manager? Because what he's, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, Kuman's come out publicly like <laughs> earlier in the season and like kind of didn't hide behind the fact like, yeah, Ross wasn't good enough this week or whatever, and so he's not in the starting 11. And, and he kind of, I don't know, it, it seems like from afar, not being an Everton fan, it seems like, yeah, for a long time, Ross was like the guy. And Kuman, it, it seems like he kind of came in and didn't have any qualms with... You know, I have no problem dropping you. I, I don't know. I'm no, that's in. That's do you legit. Think that maybe it has, it yeah, is legit, you know? and there is this feeling that you know. I don't know if it's it's earned or not, but people kind of view Barkley as like kind of like a snowflake type of situation where it's like if you don't nurture him, he's gonna like you know not be able to handle the criticism, not be able to handle the pressure, and he kind of goes into a shell. I don't. I think that's overblown. I don't think he's you know that sensitive. Uh, but there is something to be said about a manager coming in here and not having that. I don't want to say respect, but having that reverence for him being a hometown boy, grown up in the system, you know, always been with Everton, blue through and through, and not really taking that into account when he's like, no, you didn't do well enough this practice, so you're sitting. Like, that that's it has to be rough for him as well. Um, and yeah. just not having that, feeling like your coach has that confidence in you um, has to be rough. So I, I could see that being part of the issue, but then again, I mean, these are professional players. They're trying to get the best contracts possible and make the most money possible because their career is limited. I mean, <laughs> if you're a soccer player, you're not playing for, you know, 20 years. You're playing for a very limited amount of time. I mean, I yeah. guess I just feel like if if his intention is to play, I kind of feel like Everton is the best spot for him. I don't see him going to a Liverpool, an Arsenal, a United, a Spurs, a City, a Chelsea, and seeing the minutes that he's seeing now. Um, there are just too many other players that there's too much money invested ahead of him. Um, I, I feel like, considering the situation you talked about, he's a hometown boy, he has all this going on. Unless he leaves the Premier League and goes to play somewhere else, like he goes, goes to try to play in Italy or, you know, the Super League in China um, and just make all his money there. And just You know, if that's your goal, that's where you go. You go we play there for money. But uh, I guess I was just a little bit surprised because – I, yeah, if it were me, and again, you know, I'm sitting in my bedroom talking to you guys on a computer. Um, I'm not actually <laughs> out there playing, but I feel like he's still developing, and I feel like Everton may be the best spot for him right now. And so to pull this almost like a power move of saying, like, no, 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 I'm not going to sign now. I'm going to wait and explore my options. I feel like his options may be he's just coming back to Everton, but. It, it was a weird statement for me um, from him. <coughs> I agree. So, 
All right, let's do this. Uh, Kev, you weren't here last week, so we didn't talk about our whole build a team thing. Um, so we figured we'll keep this going. What the heck? Why not? Um, <laughs> so we've already picked our managers. We picked our formation. We picked our keepers. Just to refresh our memories, we're basically on defense now. And so the idea here is that uh, the three of us are sort of playing, you know, uh, uh, Premier League owners. We're basically getting this opportunity to build a brand new team from scratch. We have access to the entire p player pool, any coach we want. <coughs> We've gone through, um, you know, the systems that we've settled on. Kev, you said you want to do a 4-4-2. Josh, you said a 3-4-3. I said a 3-5-2. And in theory, that's going to ultimately impact the type of players that we pick for the positions as we go through. And I don't think we're going to go through and actually pick all 11 spots. We're going to try to just pick, you know, the key anchors in sort of each section and just sort of work our way to the front. And that will not only give you an idea of who we um, – who we value within certain systems or the type of systems that we value, but it also give you some insight just as to the type of football slash soccer that we individually like to watch. So, you know, Josh has a certain style he likes, Kevin has a certain style he likes, I have a certain style I like. And by talking about some of these players and these formations, this will give you more of a sense into how we approach the game and what we think about. So that's a little bit of the background. Let's go ahead and talk about it. the anchors of the defense. Um, Kev, you're nodding your head, but I didn't see you write anybody in the show notes. Do you have somebody that you want to talk about? Oh, I have somebody. Okay, all right, <laughs> yes. Kev. Who's, who, who's um, going to be on your defense? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, if you're saying anchors, um, two defenders I've always really admired. Um, one of them staying in the Premier League, even though it's a rival. I mean, as Piliqueta, I've... He's always been a player that I've looked at and just thought, man, like, I've never really seen him have a bad game. Um, he's he's so intelligent. He's so physically strong and, and switched on. And, and I think it's, you know, what he's, he's been around for a couple different managers. And all of them always find a way to, to put him in, put him in their starting 11. I, I, I think his preferred position is starting at right, uh, right fullback. Um, but under Mourinho, he gets pushed to the left because they have like a better second right back uh, option than a left back option. So he said, you know, I still value you. I still want to get you on the field, but I'm just going to put you over here out of position. Does a great job there. Um, Conte comes in, plays back three. You know, Azpilicueta, not necessarily a center back, but once again, Conte seeing, no, I value you as a, as a, as a player. You're, you know, you're in the, you're in the back three. As, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a, a wonderful player. Um, the other one uh, going outside the Premier League, uh, Diego Godin um, from Atletico Madrid and Uruguay. Um, the way I kind of describe him is he's like, if Suarez was a center back, that's Godin. And so he's just this <laughs> kind of like fight for everything, anything to win, and he's going to scrap for you. And he doesn't look like he's the most towering, imposing you know, player. He's he's not super strong, but he's you know he knows how to use his body, and he's just he's. I think captain of Uruguay. Um, I think he might be even captain of Atletico. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's kind of come from nothing, um, from from yeah like the streets of Uruguay and come through, you know, South American <laughs> leagues. You know, ended up at Atletico. I think they yeah they won Champions Leagues. 
or at least one leagues or something like that out of nowhere. And he's really kind of been the, the kind of pillar at, at everything for them at the back. So, yeah, those, those are my two kind of pillars in my back for Diego Godin and Espilicueta. I, I feel like you're almost like the pep of this show. Like, I think Josh and I are very much like, okay, let's look at who's been here and let's try to stick with the Premier League. And you're like, no, I'm taking a German keeper. I'm taking a yep. setback back from Uruguay. Like, I'm going to mix it up and just sort of see what happens. And yeah, yeah I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> Josh, who's uh, who's who's your anchor on the back line? So I mean, I I kind of just wanted to take Chelsea's back line and just put it in there, just completely just yeah. take Rip it off yeah. and just be like, just just transplant it onto my team that I'm building. Um, so instead, I just picked one person, Alonzo. Uh, it, it was kind of just a toss up about who I would choose as far as that goes. I kind of just want Alonzo because I feel like lately especially he's been showing up more than the other guys uh and maybe that's not fair but you know he he has definitely been doing a lot back there um and he does get goals as well which you know it's kind of just an added bonus when it comes to picking a defender yeah no that's he's been for, huge for yeah. chelsea yeah i mean like he kind of i i didn't know who he was yeah at the beginning of the season yeah and he was yeah he's been huge for them yeah, I've been following him much more closely since he's on my fantasy team now too. Um, <laughs> this this whole fantasy thing, like it, it it's been so good because it's like sucked me in. You have one moment like this every week. I do. I really. <laughs> <do>. <laughs> um, it's been so good because it's gotten me so in tune with what's going on with the Premier League. But I'm I'm getting to that situation that a lot of people get with like fantasy football where. You start rooting for the players on your fantasy team more than you're rooting for your actual team. Like the fact that Spurs lost, and I was still like, "Well, at least I got Mane." Like, no, <laughs> like I should be more upset that Spurs lost and not even care about fantasy. But yeah, this is where the fact that you're an American fan watching an English Premier League. This is where I think it plays in the most. We don't have these strong, strong allegiances. At least most of us don't. Some of us, you know, grew up a fan of one team because our father or, you know, family members love that team. But I, I personally didn't have that. So I don't have – I have an allegiance to my team, but I don't have this, like, undying hatred for the other teams and, like, the the, the need for my team to do well or all yeah. else fails. I don't the, go into depression if my team doesn't win. The blood <laughs> will – yeah, the, the streets will run red with Liverpool's blood. Exactly. Yeah, it's none of that. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry, I, I went off on a tangent there. Anyway, my <laughs> so uh, my defender, so I'm I'm playing a three five two, so it's a three man back line, and I did pick Conte as my manager, um, and so I toyed with going with uh, uh, the Spurs homer pick of Toby Alderweireld, um, but uh, instead. <laughs> Yeah, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I already got Loris, so I feel I felt like that was my homer pick. So I'm gonna go with Sideshow Bob himself, uh, David Louise. Um, I feel like, it, like I said, it could have been a toss up between the two. I feel like Louise taking free kicks, um, you know, getting more involved in the offense plays in his favor a little bit. The guy knows when to take his shots even if I'm not always happy about it. Um, he brings some flair to the team. He's going to sell some jerseys. I'm trying to think about merchandise here as well, which we didn't talk about. But <laughs> it's important. It's, very, it's, it's very important. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, I, 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 I feel like those two, if you're going to play a three-man back line, you need somebody back there as a center back that's really just going to lock things down. 
and um, is going to be a force for other teams to reckon with. And, and so far, those were the two guys that were the first ones that came to mind when I looked across the entire league of anybody that's playing with a three-man back line because the dynamics are different than if you have, you know, sort of the wing backs. Um, uh, you know, like we talked about where, you know, originally Spurs were playing a four-man back line, but you had Danny Rose and Kyle Walker, and they were just flying up and down. And you can have a system like that where that works, but if you're doing a three-man back line, you really need somebody that's just going to stand tall back there. It's going to win you headers. Um, and like I said, the, the, the thing that gave him the edge for me was the fact that he takes set pieces, and so he, he can pick up some points that way as well. So... That's our defenders. Um, you know, if you're building a team, let us know. Who would your defender be? Who is your go-to uh, cornerstone for for locking things down in the back? Um, we'd love to hear it. You can hit us up on Twitter at 3PLPod. Let's um, let's talk just a little bit about fantasy. Um, I already did. It, Josh, are you are you doing anything with your fantasy team? Did you get, did you win this week? Oh, I got 60 points. I believe I did win. I was pretty happy. But then again, I had Sanchez as my captain. So that alone was That'll 30 of my 60 points. Yeah, so that geez. was nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I haven't traded Kane yet, but I'm, I'm still like teetering on this trading him out. I don't know who I want to replace him with, though. You convinced me to bite the bullet last week, and I swapped out Kane for Lukaku, and I captained Lukaku this week, who got me a whopping oh, four, four points. points. Good job. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, I haven't made any moves yet this week outside of that. Um, I did. I think I ate four points to bring in Mane, which paid off. Of course, um, you I did. Just, of course, I know. Of I, I feel every like every. I always do. I know. I'm too. I'm too antsy, man. I, yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like if anybody's going to do anything at Liverpool, I'm not convinced that uh, Firmino had had moments earlier in the season where he was just their go-to guy. But I feel like some of that has stalled somewhat. And I feel like if – because, Kev, like you said, most teams are going to pack it in, play, play 10 men behind the ball, and then it's basically up to Liverpool's creativity to try to break them down. And so far they – They've struggled with that so far this year, and I felt that the only way that they're really going to score is on the counter, and if you're going to score on the counter, it's likely going to be with Mane. So that's why I decided to take the plunge and sign him, and this week it paid off. But, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do this week in terms of moving players in and out. I may just wait and try to save up a transfer to get two transfers and go from there. Um I'm going to bet you don't. <laughs> you're just going to eat the I'm gonna eat guess. The dust. That's what you're going to do. And, uh, yeah. Let me say no. Yeah. Is Can Costa I... worth it? Is he? No. I don't know. I don't think Costa's worth it. I, I don't want to say I've given up on the whole, like, you know, spending a ton of cash on a big striker. I won again this week. Um, I'm more trying to play the defensive game and see what defenders are going to give me shutouts. I feel like getting six, trying to predict a shutout at this point is easier than me trying to predict who's going to get goals because goals have sort of been streaky. Um, I, but yeah, again, I'm now at 12th in our league after losing last week. So I'm, yeah. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought about Zlatan actually, because he's still getting He's points. still doing it. Yep. Yeah, and I he's not that expensive now. He's uh, what is he? Eleven point five million. Which I mean, that's a far cry from I think he was like thirteen when the yeah. season began. So I have enough for him. I have twelve point five in the bank right now. If I trade out Kane, so I'm like, what do I want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for next week's episode where yeah. we find out. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, Kev, I'm just guessing you're not doing anything. You're not even piping up, so we'll just let that go. Um, <laughs> he go. just traded out his whole team with his wild card like two weeks ago, so I, that's I hope he's that's not doing true. much. That's very true. Because if you're doing stuff already, that means you've already made mistakes with that wild card. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure. I, no, I'm sure I have made mistakes. No, I haven't made any changes yet. Um, I won last week once again following Josh. It's because I captain Sanchez. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm so happy with my team. I'm all right with it. I, those West, the, the, <laughs> those this West Brom players that I got in are really kind of leading the line for me. Well, so uh, so yeah. Well, good. Let's give away a player card, shall we? Um, right. So once again, we had one new review posted on iTunes. Hey, I mean, we said I'd take one over none. So I'm I'm pretty confident that over the next eight weeks there's gonna be one week where I come in at least one week I'm like guys nobody left us a review so look this is a very very easy contest to win I know there are people listening to this show I see the numbers just go over to iTunes leave us a review that's all you got to do that's all you have to do if we got like three reviews in one week I'd probably give away three player cards just like here thank you you guys are the best yeah everyone gets a card everyone gets a card this week one new review it was from Barty from the Berg who wrote these guys know their onion bags great to have some local Pittsburgh lads show we appreciate more than the Steelers pens and bucks fun and upbeat stuff from genuine footy footy fans um thank you barty from the berg i had no idea what knowing your onion bags means i had to look it up um <laughs> it means that you're knowledgeable about a topic so there you go we are true pittsburghers i've never heard that expression before but now i'm probably going to use it to confuse some people so yeah <laughs> totally spring sprinkling that in and all the meetings that's right this week. that's right yeah, yeah i'll be at work you guys know your onion bags <laughs> they'll be like what <laughs> Why yeah. did I get called to HR? They, they misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a good thing. So big, big thanks to Barty for the review. We really appreciate it. DM us your information on Twitter, um, or you can email us at 3PL at BGN.FM. Let us know where to send your player card, and we will send it off this week. Signed player card. And obviously, you're also entered to win the big prize, which is the copy of Leading, signed by Sir Alex Ferguson. Once we actually dish out all these player cards... Everybody that's gone out and left a review, even if you don't get a player card, if you just go and leave a review, we're going to have a drawing at the end. Everybody that's left the review, pull a name out of the hat, you will automatically win the uh, the signed book by Alex Ferguson, which I still have here. My wife's like, do you still want to keep this box? I'm like, heck yeah, I want to keep this box. I don't want anything <laughs> to happen to this book. Are you kidding me? So uh, it's here. We have it, and it could be yours if you just go over and leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any questions on how to get there, you can just go to our website, 3plpod.com you can also go to BGN FM click on the show page um, right there there's a link that says follow us on iTunes click on the iTunes thing and you just leave this review right there it's really really easy so really easy contest to win um, Barty was able to do it as did two other people so please head over to iTunes subscribe to, this, subscribe to the show leave us a review um, yeah it, hel- it ultimately helps us spread the word about the show and helps us keep doing what we're doing so we really appreciate it um, if you could otherwise I think that's it for this week, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find more great, beautiful game podcasts over at bgn.fm. Email us, as we said, 3PL at bgn.fm. Follow us on Twitter at 3PLpod. Uh, we may have another Manchester Derby next week. I don't know. It's to be confirmed. Even if not, we got a lot more games coming this weekend. This race apparently is not yet over. So stay tuned. We will absolutely be back to talk about it, and uh, we will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. This is the 3PL Premier League podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network.
Find more great football, soccer, beautiful game podcasts at bgn.fm.